What's up guys, and welcome back to part two of Ripon's story on Julosophy. Last episode we spoke to Ripon about his cardiac arrest, his journey back to the gym, and in this part we pick up exactly where we left off um, as Ripon starts to tell us about some other fairly crazy experiences he has gone through in his life. Um, we hope you enjoy it, and we can't wait to catch you on the next one. Jiu-jitsu? Jiu-jitsu is no joke. It takes years to master. Martial arts are a vehicle for developing your human potential. And nothing in my life has ever put me in face with reality better than jiu-jitsu. Training in BJJ offers a powerful lens through which to examine some primary human concerns. Truth versus delusion, self-knowledge, ethics, and overcoming fear. There's more, there's more philosophy in our mats than actually philosophy in any Ivy League school. Welcome to philosophy. Me personally, like I said, I used to have, you know, people, I've been attacked on the street probably about 13 times. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, 13, Wait, 14 where, times. Where was this? Like, this is in a combination of Wales and London. Mm -hmm. uh, Wales, I used to just, like, just, just for being brown, whatever. Um, and then, like, in London, actually, when I moved to London to study, I had no trouble whatsoever, and I, and I absolutely loved it. And then July 7 bombings happened, right? And I'm walking down the street, and then I get attacked by 12 guys. Jesus. Right? And this is a racially motivated This is a racially motivated attack. attack. Uh, they pull out a, a, a key ring with a, a knife on it, like a, like a Susami knife type thing stabbed me in my neck uh, missed my jugular by about a centimeter um stabbed me in my back um like kicked me on the floor and everything um don't brag but eight of them went to hospital for real yeah yeah eight of them jeez i sent to hospital bro yeah 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 so eight of them went to hospital i got taken to hospital they said like um basically you've um ripped uh, a little bit of muscle in your lower back um do you feel any pain and i was just like i feel fantastic like you know because that's the endorphins everything yeah. kicking right. in right yeah um like yeah you know here's some ibuprofen and there these like industrial strength like painkillers and i and i basically got addicted to those for one year Holy because crap. i was in so much like whenever i didn't take them I could barely walk. So that was like a year. So prior to that, I was doing Wing Chun and um, Southern Praying Mantis Kung Fu. And when that event happened, this is back in like 2005. Mm -hmm. So when that event happened, I was like, I, I don't want to be involved with anything to do with violence ever again. I don't want to do any martial arts. I don't want to do anything. And I was addicted to these painkillers and, you know, um, it was really bad, actually. I, I, that whole year is just a complete haze to me. I don't mm. even remember it properly. And then eventually I, I kind of... Someone uh, advised me to do a Pilates and I sorted my back out. Mm. Like, I was like, oh, my God, like, yeah, um, my back feels... Right. I went to three lessons and I just worked on my posture and everything and my back just sorted itself out. I started coming off the uh, painkillers and then started doing Pilates, then got into yoga as well, and just slowly, slowly started to feel like myself. But there was still something inside of me that was, you know, knocking, just going like, yeah, you need to, like, train. This, this little tap, just going like, you need to train, you need to train. I was just like, no, 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 I'm past that now. It's, it's, it's too horrific, too horrific. Then another incident happened where I'm at a bus stop, and this uh, guy just starts, like, you know, mouthing all this verbal abuse, He's standing over four guys, and I sparked two of them out, knocked them out, and then I looked at the other ones. I was like, "Do you want to say anything?" And they said, like, "No, we don't." Okay, fine, and I just walked off. And that again was like tapping me and going like, "Okay, even though you don't want to get involved in violence and stuff, but it is going to follow you, maybe." And if that is the case, you need to be in like a good condition and start like yeah. training. Um, then I get. Um, then I get attacked again 
Right. And I'm not even, like, I've yeah. lost the shock factor yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. just so stupid. Then I get attacked again by two guys trying to mug me. Um, again, I hospitalise one guy. Uh, I get Where, arrested. Which is the norm now, right? People are just yeah, getting yeah. hospitalised <laughs> for like, fun. Um, one of these guys is hospitalised. Uh, the police arrest me and they go like, yeah, you know, we're taking you in for a, a GBH with intent. So the maximum wow. set, the sentence for that is like 18 years. What? So I have to go through a court case for about a year, right? I'm like, okay, well, you know, I might end up in prison for like 18 years or something. So I better start doing prison workouts at home now because that'll keep me going and I'll start reading loads because I need to, all you got is time. So I got into a mindset of being in prison and then at the end of it, they were like, yeah, these guys are Mickey Mouse, you know, um, like career criminals yeah. that, you know, thought they'd jump this guy wearing glasses. He just happened to know how to protect himself. Yeah, this courtroom is adjourned. Like, yeah, you're, you're free to whatever, continue your life. And then after that, when my... Um, uh, the mother of my first child, she was pregnant and, you know, I was kind of focused on uh, looking after uh, her through the pregnancy and stuff. And at the end of it, she said, oh, look, why don't you, you've been wanting to kind of start training, but something's been holding you back. Why don't you look into it and start training in something? And I was like, okay. So I had a friend called uh, Roma. He actually trained at um, uh, LFF as well. He goes, oh, yeah, I've started at LFF. Like, do BJJ and the do Muay Thai there as well. I was like, all right, okay, cool. So I phoned up, uh, Helen was there and on the phone she was like, yeah, you know, come for your first trial like lesson. Uh, have you got a game? I was like, no, I don't. No, no, no. Uh, I've got a, uh, a jiu-jitsu, like a Japanese jiu-jitsu yeah. game. Like, uh, that might rip, tear <laughs> apart. Uh, that might not float with yeah, the head yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, just come in like shorts without any like pockets and a t-shirt and that should do. And then like, uh, you know, came in like, you know, it's always a bit nerve wracking when you're going into the, like the gym. Oh, it's a bit cold in here. <laughs> uh, like there's some serious, uh, some serious man sweat going on here. There's some tough dudes here. Going to the changing room, I change, and I I step onto the mat, and I haven't worn my sandals beforehand. Oh and no, Luis! <laughs> yeah, yeah, and as Luis is like, what the? F- <laughs> 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 Do you think you beep 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 get the beep beep beep? <laughs> Get, come back on, wash your feet, you beep, beep, beep. I was like, <laughs> and then like I came back on and then uh, then the, the, the class kind of went on and everything and he's got, oh, you haven't got a gi, so take the dummy, practice some, um, uh, what was it? It was a neon chest to armbar, uh, like just doing that, doing triangle chokes and all this kind of stuff. So doing that and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Like even Luis like, shouting I just thought like <laughs> oh my like because and I'll, I'll go on to this like so for me I just thought this guy loves and respects this like yeah. I don't want to say his temple because he's a very religious guy he's like you know church goer so I don't want to say it's his temple but he treats it as if it was yeah. something mm-hmm. like that yeah I just thought like that level of passion for I, I stepped onto his mat with without having sandals beforehand with dirty feet and he's gone ballistic. This is something I can get involved yeah. in. Bro, this like, guy yeah. is passionate enough to, for for me to follow this guy. And I started like training and I was training for about I think like uh maybe nine months. Mm-hmm. And then my grandmother had got cancer, so I had to leave London, go back up to look after her. So I was looking after her for about like 10 months before she like passed away. And then because I was looking after her for quite a while, so I was just like, okay, I need some to clear my head. So I went to, um, I went traveling for about three months. I was um, doing some Muay Thai in um, Thailand actually. And I just thought like, yeah, like when I come back to London, I'm gonna get back into like LFF and do Muay Thai and BJJ and it's going to be like awesome so it came back funds heavily depleted from my um from my uh, traveling but okay I need to save some money and then I'll get back into um uh LFF so I think I started uh 2018 
uh, and I was 105 kilos wow. at that time because I've been eating so much. Right, 105 kilos. I've been there. Um, in when was it? Uh, I started in February of 2018 back at LFF. 105 kilos. Actually, I was 105 kilos in December. Mm. I didn't even count all the Christmas weight. So let's just... It's probably near around 110 yeah. kilos. We'll add some right? loose change to that. Right. So 110 kilos. And then within two months, I was 85 kilos. That's I insane. remember one day I'm sitting next to Lawrence. Yeah. And we're seeing you leaving the changing room. Yeah. And I remember Lawrence and I looking at each other, and Lawrence goes like, oh, look at that guy. He lost a lot of weight. Yeah, like, yeah, I literally yeah, remember yeah, this moment yeah. like yesterday. Yeah, like I, I, I genuinely remember that. And honestly, and, and I'll tell you some, a funny story about the weight loss, right? So when I, so before I started BJJ again, back um, before I had to leave because uh, of my grandma's cancer, there was a, there was a checkmat tournament, right? And I had been training BJJ for about four months or something at that point. And everyone's going like, hey, yeah, you should, you should like enter, you should enter. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. So I entered and I think um, the notice board came up and from that to the actual day of the tournament was maybe two months or something. And I, I checked my weight and I, I signed up for, I forget what weight it was, and I signed up for the weight and I, I did it. And I was like, yeah, I can't wait like to train, to, to fight in this tournament. This is it. I'm going to prove myself. I get to the tournament and um, Sharpe, <laughs> <laughs> like, Sharpe goes to measure, like, what's it called? Uh, put me on the scales. And he's like, bro, you're too heavy for this, uh, for this, uh, for this event, for, for this category. No. I was like, what? Look, I, I, what if I... And he's like, no, you're like two categories above. Whoa. Right? <laughs> we can't even hide it. Like, and I was like, oh my God, what should I tell Luis? I was like, no, what you need to do... It's not is, tell Luis. <laughs> like, what you need to do is avoid Luis uh, at all costs because you'll probably tear your head off. And I was like, oh my God. So literally, the, I, I just thought, what can I do? So I, I stayed at the tournament, right? Got back into like my normal clothes. I was just helping out loads. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll help you set out these flyers over here. <laughs> oh, I'll move these chairs. Just I'll pack them up. Like uh, some guy was going like, yeah, I wanna, I'm just trying to watch my daughter like roll. And all these people, I was like, hey, excuse me. This dad wants to see his daughter roll. I was like being like super, super good. I don't know if Luis knew, but he never, ever talked to me about it. I was just like, oh, my God. So coming up to when we did the LFF yeah. Cup, like, uh, what was it? We, I've been training loads, and I, I stood on the, um, the, the scales and because uh, I wasn't going to do it. Because I was like, oh, you know, I, I tried it before. It's too embarrassing, da, da, da. And then uh, Lorenzo goes like, oh, Ripon, are you going to enter? I was like, oh, do you think I'll be good enough to enter? Because... At that point, there was loads of white belts that had been training for quite a while, and I just thought, like, oh, you know, I'll just be cannon fodder for these guys. And uh, he goes, I oh, know, go on the scales. And uh, he's like, oh, mate, you've lost loads of weight. Yeah, you'll be in the 85 uh, kilo, um, kilo and something, something like that. He goes, okay, I'll, I'll enter. I think about two weeks later, we did some kind of relay race, uh, like in the morning. And uh, I, the person in front of me put their heel back and my toe Ooh. hit the heel and I broke my, my toe. Uh, so this one here was bent at a 90 degree. Oh. Right, right, all right. So it's bent at 90 degree. I was like, ah, Max comes up. Remember Max? I remember like, Max. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Max comes up and he's like, I was like, Max, I think I've done something to my foot. And he was like assisting Lorenzo in the mornings, right? And Max comes up and he looked at it and like, honestly, he turned white, like <laughs> pale, looked like he was going to throw up and he was like, Lorenzo, I think you need to come here. Oh, okay. Lorenzo comes up and he's like, yeah, that's broken. 
And I was like, okay, what do I do? Is that yeah, just snap it back into. <laughs> you just have to snap it back into your classic, place, classic right? Lorenzo. I go, yeah, so sorry. Lorenzo, you're gonna do that? No, no, I don't do it. You do it. You have to snap it back into place. And I was like, uh, okay. So I snapped it back into place. I was like, ooh. I was like, how does that? Yeah, it feels a little bit better. And he's like, yeah, okay. Do you want to sit? I was like. But in my head, I was like, no, this is just a broken toe. What's a broken toe anyhow? <laughs> like, I'm going to go back and train. I'm like, they were doing this drill. And uh, I I sat down uh, watching, like, what to do next. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, my stomach, I'm going to throw up. And then I went to the side. I was like, I just need some time to myself. He's like, yeah, mate, you, you take your time. And then, like, continue going. But because I'd broken my toe, I couldn't do running and all the rest of it. Um so I had this fear that I'd, I I did put on a bit of weight mm. just before the um, LFF Cup. And then I thought like, oh no, I have to lose weight. I've never done this. I, I put like a bin bag over me and I went on a, a, a 10K run. And like... Went with a the, broken toe. With a broken toe. Yeah. <laughs> and then like went on the scales. I was like, I've made it. So, and I was like, I'm not going to eat anything. Got to the... Um, they were like announcing like what the LFF Cup kind of uh, entails, the rules and all the rest of it. I've not eaten anything. I've like sweated basically all the moisture out of my system. I've got a broken toe. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then the the competition starts and like I've not invited any of my friends or anything to come and like watch me or anything because I've thought like I can't have a repeat of that time. I was too fat to compete. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I've not invited anyone down. The first guy I competed against, he was a beast. He was really strong. Like, um, I think I had my legs around his waist, just like, just wrapped around and just holding onto his lapel. And he was literally just flinging me from like left to right. And he had this entourage on the side, just like going like, yeah, 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 you can do it. Like, yeah, destroy him. I was like, oh my God, this guy's an animal. He's going to like kill me. <laughs> And then, like, somehow or other, like, he he was he had me down on the ground, and I just m- moved my hips slightly, had my foot on his, like, uh, thigh, moved my hips, managed to get up, get a triangle choke on him, and it was over. Wow. Like, yeah, you've, you've won. I was like, what? Nice. Like, but on points, he was way... I, I was on zero. Wow. I was on zero. Like, he was, on, like, way ahead on points. So I was the first guy. Second guy uh, got him in like a, a collar choke. And by the third person, so I was in the final now, so I just couldn't believe it. I actually, I was so inexperienced. I didn't even know who was in my, in the running or anything, like who was in my category even. And I, I actually went up to the guy who I fought in the final before, you know, um, being in the final with him. I went like, I've never done a single leg uh take down or a double leg like how do you, <laughs> how do you how do you do that and he showed me right he showed me how to do it and i was trying to get it right because i thought yeah I'm, I'm comfortable doing this other stuff but like i don't really know how to go for an attack yeah it's usually you, you i get attacked and then i have to try and get out of it or you just start, you just hold and just hold on for dear life just like, okay, at one, moment, at one point, he's going to get tired and then maybe I can do something, but I'll just hold on until that point because I don't know what I'm doing. And then I got, you know, got to the final and this guy's, I'm like, oh my God, he knows so much more than me, da 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 da. But it went the distance. I think I uh, did go the distance. I think like uh, right before the end, I just like gassed out. I was just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Tap out. There's, I have nothing left in me. The combination of the run not eating the uh, the actual competition I, I was out but i was not even upset about it i was just so elated yeah like the, that rush of emotion like for, as far as i was i won i won the whole competition i won life yeah. that yeah. day do you know what i mean like it didn't matter that i like didn't get the first prize i was like this is unbelievable. It's actually so crazy that yeah, you yeah. went for a run and then you went and you fought. Because, like, remember our first competitions? Like, you can't, like, after your first fight, you, you just can't even. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't even 
move your hand. Oh my god! Like, how, how I know. I, I went to grab a bottle of water, and my hand was so gassed from the grip. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. grab the water. I just knocked it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It's incredible. I, I went. I went because I hadn't drunk water or anything. Because and plus we didn't get weighed. Right. So I <laughs> that, we didn't even get weighed. Right. We didn't even get weighed. So I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe I've just done that. Anyway, so we didn't even get weighed. Um, so I go to the, I go to like grab my bottle and again, like you said, I couldn't pick up yeah, yeah. my bottle. So I had to go into the toilet and actually just drink out of the sink. Yeah. That was the only way I could yeah, like, get yeah, any yeah. fluid down me. We couldn't run out to go grab something to eat. I didn't take yeah. any food with me or anything. So I was just like, oh my God. Yeah, it was, it was. That, that, that's insane. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. insane that you went to this like that. And then, and then you know, I think like two or three weeks later, it was degrading. Yeah. Mm. So again, like, um, for the first time around, like you know, uh, just before my uh, uh, grandma's cancer, when I was doing um, BJJ, then uh, we went for a grading, and uh, I never even had a stripe. Yeah. You know, I was training just as hard, I think, but I didn't even get a stripe then. But I think like this time round. Like, I had no expectation of... Because even though I was training in the advanced classes, I didn't have a stripe even still. So I had I was like, I'm not going to get anything. But if I get a stripe, that would be quite nice. But anyway, I'll, but I just thought, oh, yeah, I'll just sit here. And then they're calling out names. And then Luis is, like, going, like, uh, Rebdan, Robdom. Like, he's saying, <laughs> saying all these names, right? <laughs> that is not Ripon, right? And then Lorenzo's in the side going, it's Ripon, he's like... Rob Don, like, no, it's Rip On, like, uh, Ribden, like, whatever. He's saying all these names, but not saying mine. So I'm just thinking, like, oh, yeah, there's another guy. <laughs> well done, <here."> Rob Don. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All these people. And he's like, he's going, like, you, you, like, just points at me and just, like, looking around. And everyone's looking. He's like, me. Like, me. It's like, yeah. And I just walked up, like, I think there's been a terrible, <laughs> terrible mistake. I'm not Robden. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I well, I've, well, I've robbed Robden's belt, <laughs> um, and then I just went up and I got the belt. And I remember, like, um, he goes, "Oh yeah, give a speech." I was just like, I really don't know what to say here, but um, the only thing I can think of is there's a a, a poem that Muhammad Ali. Um, said once, I think he went on, you know, when he was banned from boxing, he was going around loads of like different universities in the States and doing talks. And somebody shouted out, like, Oh, Ali, give us one of your poems, give us one of your poems. And he had to think on the spot and he just went, Me, we, right? And I repeated that. And, and I, was, I was explaining to people that me getting that blue belt. Yeah, I worked hard at it, but without all these people helping me and training with me, like there's no way I would have got. And, that, and I think that's the the beauty of BJJ. It's like so hard to train by yourself. Like we all know that now with lockdown. But training with different people, everyone's got different styles, different techniques. You learn a bit of stuff. Like I, I, I'm, I'm that guy. If somebody did a move on me and choked me, I was like, How did you do that? How did you do that? Not like, oh, no, you know, I need to, like, uh, have a beef against this guy yeah, and try and... I was like, no, how did you do that? You're going to show it to me right now. You're going to break it down for me. I want to know right now how you did that. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and like, that, that, was, that was BJJ for me. So I was like, yeah, okay. I, w- I just want to keep on competing with people or, like, you know, rolling with people that I can learn stuff off. Or even if, like, you know, there's always that, like, you know, when you feel like a bit of a sage where someone who doesn't know as much as you yeah. and you show them something like, how did you know let me explain. <laughs> and like, you, you feel a bit like, yeah, this is like, uh, I'm the master now. And then like, Lucia's like what, what did you just tell him? He's like, oh, nothing, nothing. He asked me something and I, and, I, and I told him how to cook some food. Wow. I feel like, uh, I, I remember, I remember that moment when you, when you did that speech. And I remember, I remember like your face of surprise. I'm like, what? What is happening? Yeah, what right? is actually happening yeah. here right now? But, you know, off of that, like, like I said, you know, talking about, you know, if I was a black white belt for life, would I keep mm-hmm. on training? Yes, I would. But getting that blue belt, right, was, yeah. you know, your, your kind of drive is for people who can't see. So your drive is like, you know, above your head. But then 
once you get the blue belt, it's like your drive just goes like stratosphere, like it goes way beyond because you're just like, yeah, this is this shows that I can actually go to the next step. It's almost like a shift in identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you, you do the like classic thing, you go to like ad- advanced uh, BJJ the next morning, you think like, okay, uh, uh, <laughs> I've got my blue belt now. Now if a white belt comes up to me, I have to protect myself because this <laughs> is my, my honor on the line here. But like I, you know, that was only like for a fleeting yeah. moment. And then I got choked out by a white belt and I was like, okay, back I'm, I'm, I'm back to reality. <laughs> I just have to train harder now. Like it was, yeah, it was, it's great. One question. Yeah. You know, like when you were, when you were sitting in your living room, only thing you can do is watch TV. You can't even read because you can only read from one eye. And yeah, like it, it literally feels like who you were just a few weeks ago is gone. Gone. Yeah. Uh, total, um, I, you know, removal of my identity. Like I can't read. Like so, all the things I love, I cannot now cannot do. Cannot read. Cannot play my guitar. Cannot do BJJ, cannot do Muay Thai, cannot go running, cannot even go to work, you know, cannot um, even go for a walk. And you don't know how long you know, this and, is going to last. And I last. don't know how long this is going to last yeah. for or whether this is permanent now. Like, so all these things are just going through your head and you're just like, oh my God, okay. Just got to stay strong, got to stay focused, got to stay strong, got to stay focused. Just, and just coming up with scenarios like, okay. If I can't do any training anymore, I'm going to have to obsess over something. Okay, maybe I'll start chess. Like, just, just finding things, I'm going to start playing loads of chess and become really good at chess. Maybe, yeah, that's something I can do. Just look, finding these little snippets that I can kind of hold on to to make myself not break that, like, break. Mm. Because I think that that's the main thing. Like, you know, when this kind of event happens to you, it could have been so easy for me to just break. I mean, like, there were moments, I, I mean, like, psych, from a psychological point of view, I think, like, once they gave me the information that the stents are working, like, that was like, yeah, gloves are off now. Mm. Like, the shackles are off. I am now going to train and, like, get back on it. But there's still, like a, like, a psychological, like, mental whole barrier that I had to like go through whenever like because I, I had no memory of my cardiac arrest I don't know what are the symptoms I'm looking for so whenever I got out of breath I was like oh my god okay like am I having a heart attack or maybe it's just I'm out of breath is this how I used to feel or is this a new thing oh. but if I did feel it it wouldn't have been a big issue but now I'm making it a big issue and I'm panicking, and I'm cold sweats. That's also the signs of a heart attack. So it was kind of like trying to gauge and get my head into a right place. Like uh, it got to a point where when I was at work and like, you know, on the computer and just looking at the screen, and when I used to zone in, I used to have out-of-body experiences whilst being alive. So everyone asked me like, oh, did you see anything when you like died? I'm like, I have no memory, nothing. But when I used to be like in front of the screen, I used to almost feel, well, I felt like my body or my consciousness was actually in the corner watching me typing at the screen. And then me telling myself back, it's like, listen, play it cool keep on typing because if you don't everyone else around is going to work out that you're not here I was like okay but talking from over there but then also the person in the corner was able to have a peripheral vision of like everything from that angle not from this angle so I could see the back of my head I could see but it could have been that me actually turning my head and looking around but from inside of my head, it felt like I was in the corner. Like that happened about like three times. I was just like, "Oh my god, I need, I need some like help." So I went to a, a psychologist. Like they talked through it. They said, "Like, look, we don't have enough information on people that, well, clinically died, 
and then came back. Like so, in terms of like how long I was out for, so it's a minimum of eight minutes, maximum of twenty. So it's kind of in between those times, is how long I was without brain function, without heart function, without any of my organs, anything working. And then they used the defibrillator and then just got me back. So what happened to my consciousness from that point onwards is anyone's guess. So talking to the psychologist is like, okay, well, how do you feel? I was like, like, I just don't feel part of my body anymore. I feel like I'm just kind of just floating around and sometimes I jump out and all the rest of it. It's like, yeah, you know, we don't have enough research on this stuff. But if you do find yourself in those situations, what you want to do is just kind of bring yourself like back. So you can do that by like scented, um, so you go from Holland and Barrett, you get like lavender, something like strong. So you just have to do like sandalwood one side. Whenever I felt myself kind of slipping away, just took a little sniff of that. The you smell used to just bring, just it. centered myself mm-hmm. or you'd have like a red ball, just look at the red ball and like, okay, it's red. I can just focus on that and just bring myself back, pinch yourself, whatever it was, just to ground myself and bring myself back. So yeah, that was a, a whole other thing I had to kind of deal with as well, yeah. Do you still, do you still get these? I, I haven't had any. Actually, I didn't have any until um, I was doing a, a Saturday class of Muay at LFF. And, uh, we, and I hadn't sparred in so long. So the classes I was doing beforehand was just kind of pad work and um, you know, a few drills. Um, but the last half an hour of the Muay Thai, you, you, you spar. And I, and I was sparring, and honestly, I just felt like I was watching myself sparring with this person. I, I could see everything I was doing. So it, it was kind of a good thing. Yeah. Because it's a... It's, I guess like footballers, when they can see... It's so interesting you say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. When, I, when I had golf lessons as a kid, they were talking about professionals, that when they do a really intense putt, they look above themselves and do that. Now, yeah. I know that's a weird tangent in, but I, th- that's the first thing that came to my mind yeah. when you were talking about watching yourself spar and it being a good thing. Yeah. Like really self-aware of it, you and detached yeah. from any any like thoughts inside. You're looking yourself objectively. Yeah. So that that was the only time like I actually, oh, I'm out, but I'm enjoying this. Yeah. This is really good. Because beforehand it was kind of, oh, make sure that no one works this out because they're going to think, you know, you've lost the plot. But in the... In a Muay situation, it was like, no, this is amazing. Mm. I, I can see what the opponent is doing. I can see what I'm doing. And I, I, I don't know whether that's... A skill? Or... Yeah. Uh, um, it's, it's, surely it's a superpower. Yeah, it it's is. It's a superpower, it is, isn't it? it? Is. Like, No, no, I, I, I would love to be able to tap into that where I can just, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean... I'm watching myself. This, yeah, is, this yeah. is where I'm going wrong correct yeah. that and you'll be okay yeah especially like yeah. sparring or anything like that it's like it's a it's a high intensity it's so situation. focused like mm. it's like so focused like that's what i mean i think like you know people that fall in love with these kind of things like bjj muay thai and stuff it's like you're in the moment like it's like there's so many rare occasions where you're going to be so hundred mm. percent i'm here right now mm. It doesn't matter that I didn't do the shopping, like from, it's, it's so you know, true. You yeah. are never yeah, more yeah. present than yeah, in yeah. those it's moments. Like it's that, it's that moment, and like you know when you say if you roll with someone, like I've, I've rolled with you guys, and like we've both, you know, I hope it was the same for you guys. But you've rolled with each other, and it was a great roll, and at the end of it, you just give each other a massive hug it's because the best, it's just right? like it, it's almost like. Uh, like a po- post-coital cigarette <laughs> back in the day. I, I don't condone um, smoking, but that kind of analogy where you've done this role, it was sensational, and you just hug each other. It's like there is nothing more honest than this hug I've just given you. Yeah. There's no more respect I could possibly give anyone else yeah. than this moment right now. Like, I respect you with all, all of my heart everything I respect you and then the respect comes back and it's like you 
yeah. next time. It's just that you've <laughs> yeah, summed, yeah, yeah, you've yeah, summed yeah. it up so yeah, perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost the mutual respect of going hard. Yeah, was, was is is just that exchange. You yeah. don't have to say anything, but by by doing it, it's just that that complete understanding yeah. that in that moment I gave you my all and you yeah, gave yeah, me your all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like you say, like you're there and it's just like the time's gone, you're exhausted, but you look at each other like, bro, yeah. <laughs> that was insane. Honestly, it's just phenomenal. You know, yeah. and you, you come off it and you go to the changing room, you change like, you don't even talk to each other. Because we're doing justice, right? It's, yeah, I, yeah, I can't, yeah, talk yeah. <laughs> can't, can't talk about this. Can't talk about this. Yeah, man. It's interesting, like creating... I think jujitsu might it's 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 like it's almost like a ritual. You live your yeah. normal life. We spoke about this. You get there, you take off your clothes, and it's like uh, then you go. You're going to the training um, in parent parenthesis. Uh, um, parenthesis. parenthesis. <laughs> yeah. um, you go into war, right? You finish it, and then you go back. But like mm. in that moment, there's no phone. There's no yeah, nothing. yeah. You're just there. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. I've never had moments on the mat where I've been thinking like I need to go do this. I need to go. No, do that. I like well the minute like because because I, I don't want to like uh, take away from all the other people and all the loved ones in my life and stuff. But because <laughs> I hate it and I and I you know um, they get a bit like oh you know all you care about is BJJ and Muay Thai and like you don't really care about us and like you're obsessed with it and yeah, like yeah 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 I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am obsessed with it. I, but um, it's almost like the whole, <laughs> like any day that I don't train is just a day of thinking, okay, I can't wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't wait for when I start training. That's, that's all that day is. That day is just a day where I'm just thinking, I can't wait. It's, it's... And then when the day happens, it's like, I'm here now. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse in many yeah, ways yeah. because you're right. Like I've had weeks on holiday where like I've had a great holiday and yet there's that undercurrent of like, yeah. I could be training right now. <laughs> it, and it's True. really, really difficult to switch mm. off. I mean, like the only, the only kind of, you know, solutions or, you know, people might like disagree, but my kind of way of, like I said, you know, you get obsessed and you have this like, um, like addictive personality towards it all and then everything starts to kind of like uh revolve around it so why why am i eating well because of bjj yeah why am i going for runs because of bjj why am i getting an early night's sleep because of bjj why am i um researching this that and the other because of BJJ mm. why am I looking into breathing techniques why am I looking into like yoga why am I looking into stretching all, all of it yeah like revolves back to that and it shouldn't be yeah. a negative it shouldn't be yeah you shouldn't be apologizing yeah because if you flip that around actually BJJ is motivating you to do all these incredible yeah things yeah you yeah to, to help you and make you better like I, I I find it hard definitely when you get comments like Oh, you know, you're just obsessed, and, and yeah. And maybe you don't have a balance. Maybe they've got a point, but at the same time, I'm I'm actually not that apologetic about something that has had the single biggest positive yeah. impact on my life. Why should Why yeah, should yeah. I yeah, Why yeah. should I apologize to you? And I get it. They don't understand it. They haven't done it. But I'm not about to. Uh, I'm not about to give up this incredible thing in my life. Yeah because because of that misunderstanding do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and i think like sometimes you need to be fiercely protective of that yeah because it has such a, a positive impact yeah i and i you know um like i i don't i don't like having like regrets like i i really don't like having regrets but if i had one single regret was i wish I just went in earlier. That's it. Oh yeah, that's well. it. That's it. And that that's that's nothing to do with you know because I wish I was a black belt right now or anything like that. It was just like okay, I was younger and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, I think for me it's a it's a personal journey. It's a, it's a personal journey. Like uh, it's helped me in ways. Um, I couldn't even. I wouldn't even know how to dissect like the, the the profound effect it's had on me. I mean, things like 
when you're getting strangled, <laughs> when you're getting strangled or choked, and there's there's like a you know you've got like a few seconds really you've got like a few seconds like you're thinking okay, this is full on pressure. If I panic, as I said, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Like the minute you panic, you are done. Or if you don't panic, um, and you don't think about how you're going to get out of it, you're probably going to get choked out and you know get knocked out and <laughs> not knocked out uh, but pass out so there's a moment where you have to you or you, at least you reach like a complete clarity a serene moment in your mind where you're just like okay just think about what's happening here the person has got me in a chokehold i cannot breathe okay how long do I think I can handle not breathing? Maybe just over a minute. I know I can do that. Okay. Now, what have you learned in class? Hip escape. Like, you know, something. This is all happening in two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. The, and this is it's, all... It's an instantaneous. Yeah, yeah. But it's that whole dealing with a problem that is in your face yeah. and staying calm throughout it it's incredible yeah yeah john john danaher talks about it he says in what other aspect of life do you approach something by panicking like if someone wrote you a really hard math question would you would you like you wouldn't panic like you wouldn't wouldn't throw panic at something now understandably when someone is trying to choke you if you haven't experienced that before it's a highly stressful situation the brilliant thing is jujitsu will teach you like you say to be utterly not just calm but systematically solving that problem. Yeah. And sometimes you're conscious, sometimes you're just subconsciously doing it. And that's incredible, right? Transfer that into any life skill, like pressures at work or like something happens and you don't respond with panic. So you take a panic situation, you don't respond with panic, you are then a wholly more useful person yeah. in that instant. Because and you have to face the problem. Yeah, yeah. This, well, this is it. Yeah, if yeah. you don't face someone choking you, yeah. you're getting choked. Here's here's another thing about facing problems. Like, so I was telling you about how um, you know uh, a lot of people in the kind of cardiac arrest, heart attack community have got in touch with me, and we talk to each other and whatnot. And uh, Scott Graham, this guy I was talking about earlier, um, he recommended doing this uh, Vim Hof. Uh, if you heard the, the breathing man. techniques, yeah, yeah, he, he, he yeah. talks about it all the time. So <laughs> he said, like, oh, bro, like, I've I've like been doing this like thing. I've been going for like a cold showers, and now I've started like swimming in the lake in the cold, and like doing this breathing technique. Like, honestly, it's it's unbelievable. You should give it a go. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, and I and I, I push it to the side for a second, and then. I don't know whether, like, you know how um, your phone listens to you and then all of a sudden all these Wim Hof stuff starts, like, coming up on my phone and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll get the app. And quite a few other people started talking about it. I'm like, oh, mate, yeah, it's done this, that, and the other. I'm like, okay, I've got, like, a thing and it's, like, uh, maybe from, like, uh, my kind of, uh, my parents, like, Muslims, so they have this, like, Muslim background and they always said to me, like, okay, if something happens more than three times... You need to listen to it. So if you're walking down the street, someone says, "Don't go down there. It's dangerous." You're like, "Oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm walking down." Like someone go, you walk, keep on walking. Another person says, "Look, you don't want to go down there. It's quite dangerous." And you're like, "Oh, whatever, whatever." If a third person says it, you walk out. You walk back. Like it, that's you're being told. So in this instance, yeah, Vim Hof is like really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another person said it, and then it was just like, okay, three people asked me, done. All right, I'll look into it. Got the app started doing the breathing and I was like okay like this this is good but I, I was quite good at breathing and stuff anyway so I wasn't like um, really feeling it that much but then there was a cold shower challenge and obviously L- LFF you know like Luis has always got the showers and cold right he's always got the showers and cold he once told me he goes it's my job to train you jiu-jitsu not have a hot shower yeah, yeah, before yeah, you're ready yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like uh, he's always got the showers and cold yeah. and like in the beginning like oh my god the showers are cold I remember like uh, telling my girlfriend like oh yeah showers are always cold so, oh what the showers are cold what are you talking about like they should be hot at least and I was like yeah no I think he's just trying to toughen us up or something it's like military stuff yeah. that's what I was convincing myself but the actual 
the profound effect it has on you mentally from having these cold showers. So it started off like uh, on this app. Okay, you do 30 seconds of um, warm shower and then you turn it to cold and then you do cold shower for like one minute or something. And then it, you, you lower the amount of time that of hot shower you have in and you increase the amount of time of cold shower you have in. And as it's got to the point, I haven't had a hot shower now in, when did I start it? Back in August. I haven't had a hot shower. For since, real? Yeah, since August. You don't miss them? I don't miss them at all. And the benefits like, have been? The benefits have been, because it's, uh, like I said, I used to have these like anger issues and it was me trying to avoid a problem. Like, so, you know, say like in a, it's a like Muay Thai-like analogy. So you, you do a lot of conditioning and there's a lot of people out there who's like, yeah, you've got to condition you, yourself to the point where you don't feel any, like, that you kill your nerves and stuff. That's not it, mate. You're never going to make pain go away. Pain is not going to go away, but it's about accepting that it's painful. So with these cold showers, it's like, it's a cold shower. The minute you accept, yes, it's a cold shower, it's cold water, and it's making my body cold. I'm not taking myself to a place where it's like, yeah, I'm going to try and imagine that I'm in the Sahara Desert and it's like really hot there and uh, try and remove myself from this actual situation. It's no, it's full on. This is a cold shower. Uh, it's freezing. Okay, just sit here. And then slowly, slowly you get through it and it's like, I've been here four minutes now. All right, cool. And then you finish your shower, you get out and you're just like absolutely buzzing your whole body in the inside is feeling like hot you're energized and this is like no joke I run a lot now like um, I've had zero injuries like zero injuries like it was it's quite cold last night I think mm. but I didn't feel anything like it was almost like my body just automatically heated itself up just knew like yeah it's cold you know how to handle it we're just going to warm me up from the inside and I was done and I just think like that kind of mindset of yeah things are a problem I'm not going to run away from them I'm just going to no this is a problem I'm going to deal with it right now mm-hmm. which like I said like back to the fight like stuff so I'm still on my blood thinners so it's been after I come out of a uh, fight factory when I saw Helen and I burst into tears at the bus stop a month later in October, it was my mate's uh, birthday, and we went to this uh, club, the Bussy Building, in um, uh, I think it's uh, like southeast London, like somewhere. So we went to this like club, and at the end of it, I'm like going like, oh, you know, and this is the first time I've actually gone out, and I'm still on these blood thinners, uh, one month to go, and uh, I go, oh, you know, I fancy something to eat, so I go into this uh, this chicken shop, go into this chicken shop. And uh, I'm in this queue, and this one guy's talking to the guys behind the counter, going like, where the f- is my burger sauce? And they're going like, oh, burger sauce is uh, 10 pence. If you pay 10 pence, we'll give you the burger like, What? Are you f- beep, 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 beep? Like, kid, no, you're going to give me the burger sauce. If you don't give me the burger sauce, I'm going to stab you. What? Right? And like, uh, my girlfriend at this point is eight and a half months pregnant. And she's with you? No, she's not with me. Okay, okay. Right, she's at home. She's eight and a half months pregnant. This is the first night that I've gone out since my cardiac arrest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like thinking, oh yeah, he's got his friends around and everything. Like, they look after him, they'll bring him back. It's all like fine. First night I've gone out and... uh, he, this guy's going at it, going like, give me the burger sauce, give me the burger sauce. And they were like, no, 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 it's 10 pence. Like, you know, you pay the money and we'll, we'll, we'll give you the burger sauce. In my head, I'm thinking, don't get involved, right? You got a kid in the way, you got blood thinners running through your system. Don't do anything. It's not your issue. See if you can phone the police. And I'm trying to like, kind of like grab my phone to try and dial 999, but it's not happening. 
This guy's being really obnoxious, really aggressive. Eventually, he actually climbs over the counter, mm. over the counter, and then uh, an old guy from the back comes to the front and goes, what's going on? And he's like, well, this guy won't give him my burger sauce. He's like, you want burger sauce? Take it. So he gives him like two burger sauces. And then now this guy can't jump back over the counter. He goes like, yeah, open the door for me. So you know one of those door things yeah. that open, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he walks through and he's, so I'm like thinking, okay, it's fine. He's got his bloody burger sauce. He's eating away. The guy's now serving me. He's got, oh, what would you like? I was like, oh, mate, um, yeah, can I have a number five, please? And like, yeah, number two. And like, yeah, give me a canned drink or something like that. And uh, all of a sudden, like uh, a, a, a canned drink, a full canned drink launches straight at his face and actually knocks his head back. It's so hard so hard I've like it's hit his head back and he's started to bleed down the side of his like um, the ridge of his um, his right eye like mm. blood's like pouring down and he's convulsing he's like shaking because he's like you know because of the shock I think more than anything and everyone's just looking at this guy and he's like I told you to give me my burger sauce didn't I I told you to give me my burger sauce and everyone's like what the the his colleague goes up to him and asks him, "Oh, mate, do you want to go round the back?" He's like, "Oh, no, no, no." He actually comes back to me and goes, "Would you like anything else?" He continues to work as if this is like a normal thing that happens All the every night. And I, and I was like, like, because I used to work in my dad's restaurant. I used to get some some guys coming in, you know, doing stupid stuff, but. My dad was 100% on, if anybody says anything, lock the door, beat them up, and like get the staff at the back, we'll beat them up, we'll talk to the police afterwards. Old school. You yeah. know, no one's coming into my establishment and giving me grief, no, no chance. So that was our stance. I'm not saying it's the right stance, but that was our stance. So to see the other end of that where they're being abused and not being able to do anything about it, it really cut me up inside. I was thinking, no, 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 I've got to say something. But again, I was like, no, I've got a, I've got a child on the way. Like, if anything happens, it's going to stress, like, you know, Fiona out and it could cause problems for my baby and all the rest of us. Like, don't do anything, don't th do anything. And then another can launches at the other guy's face. So the guy, there's two guys behind the counter. Another can launches at this guy. At this point, I thought, no, I'm going to say something. Turn to the side. There's a group of girls behind me. One of them actually pipes up first. He's like, what do you think you're doing? These guys are just like working hard. You're like treating them so badly. Like, how dare you? These guys are working 16 hour shifts. Like, how dare you do this? And he was like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And, he, and she goes like, oh, I'm going to phone the police. Like, you're going to phone the police, are you? And he grabs his box of chicken, rams it oh. in her face. Oh, and then pushes her onto the floor of this greasy, like, chicken shop floor. Like, you know, she's fallen quite hard. And I'm like, no, now I have to say something. Again, her mate has stepped in like what do you think you're doing he's pushed her over and then it's like okay whatever excuse me you need to leave he's like what what, what what are you talking about like no you you need to leave mate he's like no no like why why are you getting involved why are you getting involved he's like i don't want to get involved i don't think anyone in this establishment wanted to get involved here but look at what you've done here you have to leave and then he goes like a i'm gonna stab you and he puts his hand in his pocket and in my head I just thought, this isn't my first rodeo. And I just went for him. And then uh, I went for him and then I started feeling punches from the back of my head. Oh, I know. And there was uh, his mate like uh, punching me from the back of the head and then I've grabbed this guy, basically turned him, got him in a chokehold and used him as a human shield against his mate his mate has punched him to the point where he's like knocked him to the ground done like maybe six or seven roundhouses to the side of the other guy like you know he's fallen over and they've both ran out i've gone to the girls and picked them up i'm like are you guys all right 
they go like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm not, like yeah, maybe you need to get like an Uber and get out of here. Bam, back of the head, turn round. One of the guys comes back. He's hit me in the back of the head with a, a glass uh, Heineken bottle. Didn't smash it, but it's cut my ear. I've got stitches in the back of my ear. Like, so I'm bleeding. I'm, I just looked at him and went like, again, so calm. And I don't know whether this is the BJJ that's kept me calm. I was like, mate, why have you, um, why have you hit me from the back? And he's going like, come outside, come outside. Listen, like, why why are you shaking? Like, you're the one with the glass bottle in your hand. You know, why didn't you hit me in here? It's like, no, come outside. It's like, mate, it's raining outside. Like, it's dry in here. Let, let's do this again. And then he ran away. And then he comes back with two more guys. So now it's like a full-on brawl. I'm fighting these, like, three guys. It's just me. There's, there's a chicken shop full of people, by the way. And no one's well, doing anything. Yeah, me and these like three guys and they constantly shouting like stab him, stab him, get your knife and stab him, stab him, stab him. And I don't, they never had a knife. And I'm, I'm thinking they said this because they thought like if we keep on saying we've got a knife, no one will get involved. And that must have been why they kept on saying it because they used a bottle on me but they weren't pulling out any knives and I was just like fighting these three guys. And I was doing like, okay, and then another two guys came and then I was just like on the floor getting pummeled. And then like slow, like as I was getting like kicked, I had like one, I actually took one guy down with me. I won't say what I did to this guy, um, but basically two of them went to hospital. Oh, actually maybe three of them, yeah, three of them definitely had to go to hospital, yeah. So three of them had to go to hospital. I was getting kicked pummeled on the floor and then I slowly slowly got up and then the the punching kind of stopped and then I wiped the blood off my face uh, and I I just looked at the blood on my like face I was like looking at them going like come on let's do this and they ran away all five of them ran out police came maybe two like like two minutes later and they were like oh what's happened I was like oh officer you know these uh Rap scallions came in and they were like, you know, uh, arguing over burger sauce and it got a bit aggressive. Like, you know, you could check the CCTV uh, footage and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, going, oh, okay, okay. And they kind of ignored me. I was like, officer, I think you need to come back. <laughs> I suffered a cardiac arrest one year ago and I'm on a, a blood thinners. And obviously you can see by the way I look that I've been cut up quite badly and there's blood pouring out of my ear. Um, you don't want this to be a a manslaughter, you know, murder case, do you? Because that's going to be a lot of paperwork for you. I suggest you phone a paramedic and get me to the hospital. And they were like, oh my God. <laughs> like, they were like, oh my God, get get down here quickly. There's a guy who might die. Like, and then they like came, the guys gave me my, gave me my chicken. Um, and like, but before, before I left as well, I, I said to those guys, I go like, uh, listen, I don't want you to feel guilty about anything that like took place here. No one should ever treat you the way you got treated tonight. No one, no one. Like even if I died tonight, I would have died happy knowing that I was protecting two people that weren't able to look after themselves and they were just being muscled by these guys because they knew they were bigger than you. Because these are big guys, like you should not be treated like that. And they were like, the guy was like tearing, like, and I was like, no mate, don't worry about it. I'll be all right. Went to hospital, they like glued up my ear. Like then I had to, then, you know, the, the thing I was most scared about was the train journey back to home. And I had to like go home and I was like, hey, Fiona, she's like, oh, it's really late. It's like f- five o'clock in the morning. I was like, yeah. And it was dark, right? Oh, no, I was like, no. yeah. There's something I have to tell you. Was <laughs> she pissed? Oh my god! Well, well, I'll get to. It. I was like, "There's something I have to tell you, but you, you have to promise you don't get stressed. Like, you have to promise." And she's like, "What? What's happened?" I was like, "No, honestly, you have to promise because it's really important." And she's like, "Okay." And I was like, "Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you in the dark first, and then I'll put the light on." Okay. And uh, so, so I go to like, yeah. So what happened was there's this incident in the chicken shop. <laughs> And uh, there were these bad men, 
and uh, I had to kind of, you know, th this, uh, there was no other, like, you know, solution, and this is what happened, and she's like, okay, and she put the light on, oh. and she, and I, I, I sure, I sent you the picture, right? Yeah. I was like, covered in, like, all these uh, grazes, and cut in the back of the ear, but again, the elation, like, you know, when the endorphins are kicking in, it's like, yeah, I feel fantastic. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, uh, next day, like, the bruises got, like, darker, and it got darker and darker. I had to take, like, a day off, like, work. And I was like, oh, sorry, I can't come in, like, a, but I've got um, a real bad headache uh, because uh, there was an incident in a chicken shop <laughs> last night. Um, How was the yeah. chicken, though? Oh, chicken was great. And, like, <laughs> honestly, uh, it really was good. Um, I don't know I what's scary about this. The fact that it was burger sauce or the fact that you have on multiple occasions put people yeah. <laughs> and tuck them away. Yeah, man. Like, like it's not... Like, I, I, it might come across as, like, bragging. Like, I honestly, I'm not bragging about this. Like, when I tell these stories, these are unf unfortunate stories. They're, like, deeply sad. I just joke about them because, like, you know, you're talking about in your um, podcast the other day. When you've got, like, a, a horrible situation happen to you, humour is the best way mm. to just get through it. I read, like, uh, uh, is it Victor Frankl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Man's Search so for Meaning, meaning yeah. yeah? So I was, I was reading quite a lot of books on kind of... You know, there was another book like Resilience yeah. by uh, Graytons. There's this guy, like, he used to be an ex-Navy um, SEAL. And he, um, well, I'll get on to him, but, like, you know, with Viktor Frankl and all that, like, you know, you you read these accounts of people going through something. I mean, like, the Holocaust is something, it's probably, not probably is, like, the worst moment in human history and some of this stuff still goes on which is like you know it doesn't get reported enough but there are things going on in the world which is like so bleak like zero hope and then but yet in this situation where there's no hope someone or some people just find something to just latch on to like no it's going to get better, yeah. even though you know tomorrow is going to be exactly the same as today. So today you thought about killing yourself, but something in you thought, no, I'm the day's going to get better, and the next day is exactly the same as the day before. Mm. But yet you still, you know, how can you? I'm not how can you because you know, like there's people going all all sorts of you know problems and stuff. But like for me. Whenever I get into like a really low point in my life, I just think to myself like, no, I, I have to look at these other people. Like, mm. have I really got anything to complain about? Like, really? Mm. Like, think about that book you read. Think about what he went through. Think about what she had to do. Like, you cannot, you, you can't allow yourself to, to get down that road. And especially having this bloody, not near death, a death experience. I had a death experience and coming back from it is like, no, like life is so precious to me now. And like, I was, must've been, you know, when like you're younger and he's like, Oh, I don't care about dying. I, I'm not afraid of, I'm not afraid of death. I'm ready for death, whatever. But then when it happens, it's like, no, I am afraid. I, you know, I, I don't like everyone has to die, but I want to live the best life that I can live and that's that's it and then if I die after that, that's fine but I am afraid that if I was to die what can I look back on so you know one of the things you know during my recovery time when I couldn't you know I was contacting all these friends um you know contacting you know exes and stuff like look if i've done anything wrong like i'm really sorry da, 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 da. They're like, oh my god i can't believe it like you know so you contact all these people and you just feel like yeah i if i was to die right now it's not that bad because i've atoned i've said my sorries i've corrected stuff like i had a an awful relationship with my father beforehand mm. like it was it was terrible 
It was so bad. Like, my daughter was five years old and he hadn't even seen her. Wow. Like, that's how bad it was. And then when that happened to me, it was so bad that when my brother-in-law said to my dad, like, look, you know, you need to get down to the hospital. Rippon's in a bad way. He's like, oh, you know, let the rest go. He's like, no. My brother-in-law's like, no, you don't understand. He probably won't make it. So I think you should go down. So when he came down, and I think that was the first time I kind of really awoke because I thought, all right, now I know I'm. it's me that's in <laughs> hospital. Because if my dad's down here, something must have really gone wrong. So he's down here and it was like a, you know, like a proper emotional Bollywood film scene where the dad's there, he's like, don't, are you okay? My son is like stroking my eyes like, I'm okay, dad. <laughs> like, um, and he's just going like, what happened? He's like, I don't know, dad. He's like, He's like, no, you're going to be okay. He's like, no, no, dad, you have to listen. You have to, you have to listen. I give money to Saffron every month for her maintenance and to make sure she's got stuff like, if anything happens to me, you have to make sure that she gets stuff. She's my daughter. She's your grandchild. You have to. He's like, don't worry, son. I've got it all under control, but nothing's happening to you. And I was like, okay. And that was that. And he, he called up um, my sister and was like, oh, get Saffron down here now. I want to see my granddaughter. And there's like a picture of uh, my dad at St. Bart's just hugging my daughter. And like, wow. he's there. I think they went to like uh, a pizza place or something. He's just there, go, like just looking. He's like, oh, you got your dad's eyes. And you got your dad's face. And he's just go, just all the way just looking at her, just going, you look like your dad and you look like this of your dad. And, and, and you know, how much of a like impact that had on my daughter so she hadn't seen her granddad in her entire life and then she for suddenly saw him and was asking him all these questions like, what do you do granddad and da, da 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 and now when i ask my like saffron like oh what do you want to be when you grow up and he's like oh i want to i want to have my own cafe restaurant just like granddad so it's you know that's how much of an impact that had her meeting my dad. Yeah. So, yeah. So all of that, you, just any listeners, like, don't take life for granted. I think a lot of people with all this COVID stuff are not taking life for granted now. Everyone's got, like, aims. And I think a lot of people are focused in on, like, what's important, what's not important. But just to reiterate that, if there's anybody you've upset, just contact them. Don't be stubborn. Don't be pig-headed. Just contact people. Make sure you've cleared everything. Like, just treat every day like, if I was to die today, would it be okay? You should just feel like, yeah, it would be all right. I've got no one, no no regrets. I've done everything I wanted to do. I've cleared the air with everyone that needs, like, the air clearing with. Done. And then you, you just move on. Yeah. Listen, bro, <laughs> this has been hands down one of the most incredible experiences. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for sharing. No, no, you're welcome. Like, thanks for giving me a call up. Yeah, it's been amazing to see you guys. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. We've been meaning to sit down with you for a long time. Yeah. I just like to know like what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, this is really special. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. <laughs>